G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. Remember, you can hear 2020 on Vision weekdays from 10am Australian Eastern Standard Time. There's one word that I think especially today parents dread hearing about from their children. It's a word we hear lots about today, bullying. It's very much part of our community conversation today, a very significant almost cultural problem that has devastating flow-on effects. Perhaps one of the reasons why it's so much more on our radar these days is social media and the blitzkrieg of abuse, torment and psychological warfare that happens online. Most of the bullies are faceless men and women taking free range at vulnerable targets. Lee Hatcher continues a mini-series of conversations with Brett Murray, Australia's number one anti-bullying campaigner and the author of the book Make Bullying History. Part two, we're going to look, Brett, at uh, who are these bullies and who are the victims. We touched on it briefly last week and take a particular look at how it all plays out online with the victims. So what makes a bully? What makes a victim? How would you define them? Well, a bully is someone who has a poor self-esteem or poor self-worth to prove themselves the best way to describe it is to go back a step and find out where self-esteem and self-worth come from, and it comes from the dad, and it's been proven unequivocally. Yeah. The way boys get their self-esteem and self-worth is through endorsement, so a public endorsement from a private relationship from their father, and the way girls get their self-esteem and self-worth is through being protected. If you have something valuable, you protect it, and the father is the protector. Now, if these two situations don't have a father or a positive male role model playing that part, then it has an adverse effect on their self-esteem or self-worth on the boy and the girl. With the boy, if he's not being approved at home, he goes out and tries to prove himself, and that's therefore why a lot of boys bully. Uh, the usual chest pumping out, you know, face-to-face, yeah, come on, I'll have you. What are you looking at? And they're always picking on someone they think that they can defeat because they're not quite sure of their real self-worth and value, so they pick on someone that they think that they can quite easily defeat in front of an audience so that therefore they they look better, they feel better, without even considering the consequences for the victim. With girls, if they're not being protected at home, therefore not being valued, they look for value elsewhere. And when it comes to girls picking on other girls, they see other females as a threat always and this happens right through into adulthood i mean i go shopping uh, with my wife from time to time and she'll you know sort of pop into a, a female clothing store and say oh well, let, i just want to have a look at something and the women in the shop because my wife is very attractive and, and uh, stunning curly blonde hair and blue eyes and you know, just a very beautiful i'm very blessed to have a very beautiful <laughs> wife but the women in the store check her out more than what guys do yeah that's really it's like well, she's a threat. So uh, girls, to pick on other girls when they feel value less themselves, they devalue others. That's why rumor, innuendo, gossip start, because if they can devalue someone that they see as a threat, as competition for the affection of other males, because they're not getting affection, proper affection from the males at home, 
uh, they want to get the affection and attention of males in their world, in their sphere of influence, if they can devalue the other girls by spreading rumours, gossip, innuendo, then they feel like they have more value. I want to deal separately with genders. In reference to boys, what do you say to dads about how to bring up a son who doesn't have to go out and prove himself in the world by bullying? Well, dads need to step up. We've uh, got a massive epidemic globally. I see it nationwide when I present to schools, whether it's in Humpty Doo in the Northern Territory or Waterbridge down in Tasmania, Bayswater in Sydney or it could be Broken Hill. Wherever I go, it is the same. There are a lot of dads that are present but have no presence. They think that because the kids have got a roof over their head and food on the table, they know that dad loves them. But the way that kids spell love is T-I-M-E, yes. time. Yep. Uh, you've got to spend time with them. The average amount of quality time that the average Australian father spends with his children per week is six minutes. We're talking dads who are still married to their wife, still living under the same roof as their children. And quality communication isn't do it because mum said. That's not quality communication. It's sitting down, turning your phone off, turning the computer off, turning the TV off, not answering the phone, and engaging in your kid's world. How was school today? Uh, what, what did you get up to? Who'd you hang with? Uh, anything important happened today? What are your plans for the weekend? Sit on the couch and watch a movie. What sort of movie you like? Get into their world. And uh, that's what dads need to do. And they need to reaffirm their sons. Speak life into them. Life and death's in the power of the tongue. And we can say stuff to our boys that will make them 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Or we can say stuff that will make them feel like they are the most worthless piece of garbage on the planet. I think we need to leave hang in the air that figure of six minutes. Yeah. Not a day, but a week. Yeah, that's per week. Yeah. I mean, when I often deliver my parenting seminars, I'll ask parents, oh, what do you think is the average amount of quality time that dads spend with kids? And, you know, we get one hour, two hours, three hours, because people just automatically think that it's a week. Of course you spend time with your children. But when they find out that it's six minutes, the audience is always aghast thinking, what's happening? That's the fathers that live with their children. That's what I was going to say, because there is this, and we've covered it very yeah. powerfully on Open House, there is this fatherless generation for oh, many kids. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with generations now that are a third generation, generally socially welfare dependent, kids growing up without positive male role models in their households. Mm. It's almost criminal. I get so worked up about it because fathers have such an intrinsic role in the lives of children who then become adults. Just with society, men have been totally emasculated in our modern day society. It began, you know, post World War One and sort of carried on through post, you know, World War Two, the, the Industrial Revolution. The, the family unit has been fractured. I mean, you look in Australia right now. Fifty three years ago, the divorce rate was two percent. Back in nineteen eighty two the divorce rate was 12%. Today in Australia, the divorce rate is 52%. And of that 52% that have children, those divorces that have children, 80% of custody goes to mum. Now you look at the school system in Australia, public, private, primary and secondary, 80% of all school teachers in Australia are female. So we've got generations of kids growing up void of any positive male role modelling. The only positive male role modeling they may get is watching what Hollywood presents yes. or what the video hits present. I used to flick on the TV on a Saturday morning when I was a kid and we had cartoons at 10am. Now you've got soft porn and they call it film clips. Yeah, that's right. It's just ridiculous. The over-objectification of girls, the guys who are just all muscle and no heart. Brett, if a boy is not going to get that esteem and value at home or even at school mm. from a male role model, will all of them go out 
and be bullies? I, I don't think so. I mean, I paint a rather negative picture, I know, because I need to wake people up. So what proportion of kids will go out and bully because they haven't had that esteem? Well, I can tell you that the vast majority, now I'm talking, haven't done the actual exact research on this, but this is just from my observation, it would be upwards of 85% of kids that I've dealt with who are bullies where teachers have actually said, you know, we need you to deal with this particular student or this group of students, vast majority of them have a broken, dysfunctional or non-existent relationship with their father. Uh, I ran the in-house program at Cobham Juvenile Detention Centre for two and a half years and 100% of the kids that I worked with did not have a functional relationship with their dad, let alone knew who their dad was. And Michael Carr Gregg, the famous child psychologist, said in the 20 years that he worked in the Queensland Correctional Facilities, 100% of the kids that he worked with didn't have a functional relationship with their dad. The proof is in the pudding. You're listening to the 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. We continue now Lee Hatch's conversation with Australia's top anti-bullying campaigner, Brett Murray, as they look at the types of bullies. Who are the bullies and who are the victims? With a particular focus on how it all plays out online. As we come back to this conversation, Brett's just finished explaining to Lee the impacts of dads when it comes to the behaviour of boys when it comes to being a bully. We hear now about how bullying manifests itself amongst girls. So that's boys. Mm. I want to deal with girls as yep. well. One thing I've noticed is the role of the group in girls bullying mm. and how some girls are ganged up on. That's a particularly potent kind of thing when it comes to a girl being bullied. Yeah, absolutely. Girls tend to work in groups. I mean, they're they're more sociable as uh, human beings. I mean, you know, if a boy says to his mate, hey, Jono, let's go to the toilet together, it's like, whoa, hey, hang on a minute, no, go by yourself. But when, uh, when it's the girls, it's, hey, let's go to the toilet. Okay, fine, you know, and, and a group of them will trot off. So they, they're very sociable and uh, very socially interactive, uh, being more emotive. Girls do things together, particularly teenagers, when there's a drama the girls like to be involved. So if one of the group who has a problem with self-esteem and self-worth happens to want to pick on a victim, she'll generally stir the group to start gossip. That's how they do it. They devalue by spreading rumours. She said, they said, oh, did you see, hear what she did, you know, blah, blah, blah. They just make up fantasy. Oftentimes it's unfounded rumour that they start on and they like being the centre of attention, to be the centre of attention in any group. And so they'll you know, start spreading innuendo and rumour to the point where sometimes it becomes violent. One of the things that I've really struggled with when it comes to studying the behaviour of girls is over the last sort of five or six years, we started to realise that girls are now, because they're craving positive male attention or male attention of any kind, they've started to, I think at a subconscious level, realise what gets a boy's attention. Fights, violence, anything that goes bang. So the increase in girls actually physically bashing other girls has skyrocketed really in the last sort of four or five years, trolling through YouTube clips of girls bashing other girls, you see uh, it's always a group of girls ambushing generally a smaller girl who can't defend herself and the people who are behind the camera holding the phone is usually a male voice. So if a girl sort of spreads room, I'm going to go and bash so-and-so, we're going to jump her, Uh, they tell all the boys, the boys then go, oh, can't wait to see the girls fight. All of a sudden she becomes the centre of attention, they film it, they put it on YouTube, she's now forever the centre of attention. 
such a insidious way of getting attention. And, and for dads out there, if you've got daughters, you need to let them know that they are precious, that you will protect them. And the fact that they say, oh, you know, you're embarrassing me, Dad, deep down inside, they love the fact that you say, any boy that comes to the door has to meet me first to get to you. I'm the doorkeeper because you're my princess. You have to be fought for. If you're not willing to do that for your daughter, how much does she feel that she's valued? This is not to exclude mums from the role of oh, parenting no way. at all. No, by no stretch of the imagination. I mean, I was pretty much raised by a single mum. Yeah. So uh, I would never undermine nor underestimate the values that mum have to play. When I say that the number one uh, influencer of self-esteem and self-worth is the dad, it is not the only influencer. No. It's just not fair that women have to carry the basket with everything. Men are just abdicating their authority. I mean, you know, I really believe that the family unit should work like a royal family. Dad, yes, he is the king of the castle, but he's to treat his wife like a queen, not a servant or a slave. He's to treat his sons like heirs to the throne that need to be disciplined, need to have honour and integrity, and he's to treat his daughters like princesses, beautiful, gorgeous, talented, fabulous, to be protected, to be fought over. If the family unit worked like a royal family, then a lot of society's problems would dissipate. But unfortunately, the king's abdicated his throne or he's a dictatorial autocratic idiot and just wants to, you know, tell people he wants his dinner on time and, you know, don't bother me when I've got my own downtime. Just checking out. And your point is, a dad's role is not just father to son it's mm. father to daughter as well oh absolutely yeah. absolutely and i think one thing that we need to understand as well is the way a father treats his wife is the way a boy will treat women yes. and so it has to be said that if a father is not honoring his wife then how does he think his sons are going to treat women so the, you know, the number one woman in a boy's life is his mum. If he, she's not being treated with the honour, dignity and respect that she deserves from the father, then he's not going to replicate anything but that negative behaviour. So let's go online. As I said, social media and the online world has taken bullying to a whole new level. Is it largely because of the faceless people, the anonymity behind this kind of online bullying? I do think so. I do think that the online bullying is now, well, with the prevalence of internet-enabled devices now in the last three years just exploding, there really isn't a device now that you can buy that doesn't have access to the internet. Yeah. My younger son has a mobile phone just for emergency sake, and we had to search out a phone that is just a phone. Yes, good luck. Yeah. yeah. Accessibility to the internet has been a major contributing factor to the increase in social network bullying uh, or cyberbullying, but uh, also, yes, the faceless side of it. Bullies, by definition, are cowards. So the easiest way to pick on someone without any uh, negative ramifications for your actions is to do it online behind the glow of the iridescent screen and the ivory keys on that keyboard. It's easy to pick yeah. on someone without any sort of um, you know, consequences for your actions immediately. There's no one there to say, hey, stop that. So uh, that's why bullies tend to go online, because it's, it's an easier way of uh, releasing your venom. We hear of terrible stories, even of people taking their lives in the midst of it. How can people in the midst of such bullying be helped? What advice do you give them? Oh, the biggest advice is speak up. You are not alone. If you're a victim of bullying, tell someone. Please, please, please tell someone. I've had that many experiences personally with parents who have lost their children through suicide because of bullying and uh, a lot of the parents kick themselves 
because they didn't engage, but it's reciprocal. Young person, older person, if you are suffering from bullying, you're not alone, there's nothing wrong with you, you need to speak up, you need to tell someone because it's pretty hard to deal with a problem if no one knows the problem exists. So make sure you tell someone, you know, record the incidences, make sure you, you write down what's happening so you can identify what's happening and it's not just being you know, lost in the emotion and it is hard, but you've got to talk. So there's a real role for parents in so many ways and at so many levels, but also peers? Mm, absolutely. I mean, peers, the bystander sort of situation, if someone's being picked on, uh, you just sort of stand by. Well, wh- one thing that I teach kids is who are you standing by? Are you standing by the bully and letting them get away with it? Are you standing by the victim and saying, hang on a minute, no, we don't put up with this, not here at our school, not here in our football team or netball team or swimming club, not here in my family. Who are you standing by? Don't be a bystander. Stand by someone. And uh, one of the things I teach younger kids particularly is a four-step principle. Usually when there's bullying taking place, most people find themselves situated next to the bully because the bully tends to isolate someone. But you're really only three steps away from the victim, physical steps. So if you do four steps, you take three steps forward and turn around, you're actually standing next to the victim. And all of a sudden, the bully is the minority and the group standing next to the victim are the majority. And bullies will just shut up. They won't pick on someone when there's a group standing with them. They just won't do it. How revealing. Yeah, so it's a four-step principle. Three steps forward, four-step turnaround. Good stuff. Can I ask you about responsibility? So there's a lot of responsibility on the shoulders, deservedly, of the bullies. Yep. Is there some on the bullied as well? Oh, I dare say. I mean, some kids who are victims, they don't have the social cues in their life to understand when not to say something inappropriate. Uh, sometimes kids do give the bully a, a rod to beat them with. So that comes from maturity, engaging. Again, this comes back to parents. Kids are a product of their environment. So parents need to engage with their kids in conversation. If they hear their children saying something that's inappropriate, instead of just going off going, oh, that's just so stupid, why would you say that? Sit down and say, do you know that what you said was pretty inappropriate? Probably a better way to say it is thus and so. Instead of, you know, just demeaning our kids and getting frustrated with their immaturity, educate them. Parents are the primary educators. Yes, uh, some kids just ask for it. They just simply do. But again, it comes down to if you happen to know someone who's like that, take the time out to spend time with them and go, man, you know, you shouldn't say stuff like that. If you do, they're just going to keep coming at you. Ultimately, the responsibility of the victim is to have the courage, and it's very difficult Mm. when you're being bullied, but have the courage to speak out to yeah. others, yeah, parents, peers, teachers. That's so true, yeah. yeah. Brett, I think it's a really valuable series of conversations. Next week, we're going to look at ways in which bullying can be stopped. Brett Murray, who's uh, the author of Make Bullying History, see you next week. Look forward to it. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.